Welcome to Out of the Woods, the Threat Hunting Podcast. Hey everyone, we are here at the Information Security Summit in Cleveland, Ohio, and we want to welcome you to another edition of the Out of the Woods Threat Hunting Podcast. This is Scott Bully, your host. Today is a special edition where we get to have an in-depth conversation with our guest, Neil Singh. Hey, how you doing? You know, one of the things I like to do is um, kind of let our audience get to know of what you do currently and kind of what was the, the roadmap that got you there, some of the key milestones that, you know, put you where you are today. So currently I'm the Director of IT Sector Partnerships at Greater Cleveland Partnership, which is a chamber of commerce that has existed in Cleveland for over 100 years. Um, we have three or four um, areas of our business, including COSI, which provides benefits to small and medium businesses, as well as our talent department, which is the department that I am part of. And my focus as Director of IT Sector Partnerships at Greater Cleveland Partnership is to develop IT talent across the region, and that includes a strong emphasis on cybersecurity. Um, what got me there and, and sort of my background, um, so I've been in economic development here in Northeast Ohio for over five years now. Uh, I was with Team Neo as their director of IT business development for about three, three and a half years. And uh, I, I switched this year to GCP just because they were focusing on talent development, which is a very important area of our community. Um, prior to that, I had spent nearly 17 years in IT. So I started my career back in 1999 as a programmer, okay. um, started in development, eventually started working for an internet service provider, learned networking and data center work from that job and expanded into database engineering, Oracle DBMS, um, Microsoft, and other platforms through the course of working with organizations in New Zealand, where I'm from. Okay. And in the 17 years, some of the biggest projects I've done were for companies like the University of Auckland, New Zealand government, um, education system, things like that. So my IT career, um, you know, I, I, I was fortunate to learn from work experience mm -hmm. the depth of all the different pathways that you can really explore in IT, not just you're a coder, so you stick to coding, right. but it was kind of like, here's a chance to work in a data center, here's a chance to work in network engineering. Um, and that helped me learn sort of a lot of different things throughout 17 years. And I was fortunate enough to bring that domain intelligence into the space of economic development about five years ago at Team Neo. And now with GCP, I'm bringing sort of nearly 24 years of experience to our community mm -hmm. with the ability to say, let's start developing talent and let's take a different approach to that. So one of the interesting things when you talk about talent and especially cybersecurity I know, you know, working in the field and talking to like outsiders from our field and you say, well, what do you do? We commonly will just say cybersecurity because it simplifies it. But as you were describing, there's a lot of different roles within cybersecurity and, you know, from, you know, people that do threat intel, threat hunting, incident response, SOC analysts and so forth. When you're looking at talent, uh, are, you, are you able to, to 
measure what roles you, you, you see more lacking or more deficiencies in across the board? Like how, you have the visibility to that based on what you do. Yeah. I mean, the, the demand side of it from companies tends to be with penetration testing okay. and, and slightly more advanced level, obviously threat protection risk, um, risk mitigation um, areas which deal with here are sort of the hacking or threat activities that are happening with financial institutions, government institutions. Um, these sort of areas are more sort of the focus for businesses as they look at the problems that their clients are facing, right? Um, for talent in itself, we realize that we can't start someone at advanced level penetration right. testing. That's not the starting point. The starting point is learning basic networking, understanding how systems work, how devices work, mm -hmm. um, how networks work, and then understanding what the layers of protection are around that, you know, around the systems that companies use. Um, and again, it comes back to looking at a wide range of technology sources. So if you're in medical devices, if you're in manufacturing, often their products have software on chip, mm -hmm. there's security on chip as well that, you know, companies are starting to think about. You've got the Intels and Qualcomm's of the world trying to build in these things inside their devices. Um, in addition to that, even your everyday devices like your cell phones, you know, all of these things are heavily dependent on both hardware, software, security, and so we need different types of talent, right. is what I'm trying to say, yeah, to serve these kinds of different needs that the market has. And honestly, we need the companies uh, that are in the space to identify exactly what that talent looks like so that organizations like ours can then take that information to colleges, training institutions, and boot camps. So I kind of want to touch on that a little more. I thought you brought up a really good point you know, depending on where you work, like cybersecurity as a field is kind of generalized as far as the skill sets. But when you mentioned, you know, if you work in medical or manufacturing or aerospace, um, some of the technologies you interact with are very different or what you consider the crown jewels that you're there to protect is also different. Are you protecting a process or intellectual property or things like that? Mm. Um, how do you, or where you're, where you're at, work with addressing that talent, like those niche talents, uh, you know, do you go to that level or you work on just getting the really good depth of a cybersecurity professional? What we look at is foundational skills okay. because that's something that traditionally um, colleges, boot camps, and other training institutions are able to provide. Right. What they've lacked in the past is the framework to connect their level of training with employers and the demands okay, and needs of employers. Sense. So what we're doing as a chamber of commerce in this area is we're trying to bridge that gap, literally calling it bridges to IT as part of the framework and saying, if we on your behalf as an educator go to the companies and say, okay, you guys, what is it that you need in your everyday business? If you're a financial institution, if you're a manufacturer, if you're a healthcare, whatever you're in, um, what is it that you guys need every day, right? So compliance is a big one right. across the board. If you're in healthcare, protecting patient medical records, right? Because hospital systems can be so if if they compromise that. 
um, for manufacturing, the integrity of maintaining their machines is a big one. Right. If somebody gets into the system, gets access to data, they could get intellectual property, they can get business data. Um, so the ability to protect the machine-based data, um, the data lakes essentially, and, and there's garbage in, garbage out, as you know, with, <laughs> with, with industry. Um, but there's also a lot of um, critical data, you know, intellectual property around um, critical industries. Like if you look at automotive and manufacturing, how is a specific brake part manufactured right. and how are the vendors for that? And are they trying to protect that information if they supply Ford or GM? So there's a lot of interesting questions like that, that when we look at cybersecurity, it has to be tailored to the way in which we discuss it with companies, mm -hmm. and then the companies drive the ability to create talent from that. But here's the thing, when we come back to foundations, and this is where it gets really important for me, the foundations is what do you go in with? I am straight out of high school. I want to get into a cybersecurity career. I think The Matrix was the coolest movie invented over. <laughs> um, so this is how I got into it, right? So this is what younger people are thinking. They're, they're sort of connected with that. And they're sort of thinking, well, what is the pathway? What do I need to learn? And really, it's like saying, do I go to college to do this, which could be a very expensive route mm -hmm. and take a long time? Or are there courses? Are there learning management systems? Are there other ways that I can do this? And what I like to focus on in my work when I'm working with boot camps in the community is let's look at skills-based learning and skills-based hiring because you get the most by doing. So it's kind of like saying if you're doing a CompTIA certification in networking or you're learning and getting accredited skills for that, that should be recognized as an entry point into a network security or SOG entry-level position, right? So our job, part of our job is to educate companies on that. It's like saying, look, we don't want to see a job description that says you need a four-year degree with five years of experience just to be a SOC analyst. Right. What we want to see is, is there a pathway in the next 12 months where somebody can come learn what they need to know foundationally, come into a career, start off as a junior level, and then are there elements in the system like tech cred or other levers that we can help your company with to train that person to that level of advanced network engineer, advanced cybersecurity, SOC analyst, mm -hmm. or whatever it may be. Um, so I'm sorry, I'm rambling. No, but, you're doing great. But, but I'm, <laughs> I'm very passionate about helping companies understand because I'm front-facing in my role. So I talk with a lot of companies and... Um, I'm very, very passionate about helping companies understand that you've got to set the bar at an achievable level so that people don't feel afraid of the industry. Right. Because one of the fears, and we always get this complaint from companies, we can't find the talent. I've talked to thousands of companies in the past five years who said, we can't find the talent. They don't have the skills. They're not teaching what they want in colleges. How do we navigate this? And it's like saying, okay, well, if your bar is this high, yeah. you're probably turning people away that, can, that are capable of doing the job. Right. To, on the other side of that framework is the students. And the conversation we have with the students as well, you've got to be dedicated to, to getting it done. Even if you're in skills-based learning and you're going through a boat cab, you've got to show the commitment to get your registered credentials, 
to to be qualified in something that you want to do to show your commitment towards that but more importantly to understand your your pathway in terms of interest because unless you're interested in something you're not going to pursue it fully Correct. And we yeah. want that level of commitment from the younger people, especially that can be hard to sometimes get, mm-hmm. you know, it's sometimes very confusing if you're 17, 18 years old coming out of high school and looking at all of these careers, it's a jumble. It's a mess out there. So what we try and do is create some clarity and say, based on what you as a student are passionate about, here's what your pathway looks like. Um, and then connect the dots between the employer and the student. So, so you brought a lot of really good points as far as, you know, one, you have people that come out that may not understand the field or what's required. And then, you know, jumping into an education that could be very expensive and not knowing if you're going to get what you need to be employable based on the requirements you see out there. Mm. Um, you know, obviously a lot of companies list a lot of experience and a lot of search sometimes, mm. um, even for positions where you think maybe someone could be successful with Maybe not all of that. And I've seen some successful programs are more like apprenticeship programs mm. where the company is able to kind of invest in somebody because I've hired people that have skills that aren't necessarily experienced in certs, but they have the creativity, they have the problem-solving skills, they have um, the passion, right, that I think builds a lot of really good cybersecurity folk in general. And sometimes it's nice to train a green person you know, they don't have bad habits. They don't have all those things so they can function really well. And if you're training them in your environment and they produce to do well, they're a great candidate to then fill those positions. Mm. Have you worked with any businesses as far or seen any of the programs like that in your space? Yeah. So Greater Cleveland Partnership was fortunate um, to be working with the Department of Labor on a registered apprenticeship program oh, very cool. for IT um, talent. So the the goal for us was to get um, registered credentials and apprenticeship program certifications established with the DOL, among mm-hmm. other agencies that we work with, in order to provide um, these kind of skill sets and training for apprenticeships with companies. So companies, what they don't want to do is do the heavy lifting of navigating the bureaucratic paperwork that it takes to get a registered apprenticeship, right? Right. So we looked at our role as a chamber and we said, okay, well, if we spearhead this effort of taking the paperwork side of it away Mm -hmm. and we're able to offer registered apprenticeships, much like what Apprenti and a few other organizations do, then we, we offset that cost and that overhead for companies and they can work through us to get into an apprenticeship program and source that talent from the different sort of apprentices that we have access to. The good news also is that we work across the region with, you know, Tri-C, with Urban City Codes, Weekend Coded, Tech Elevator, all of the all of the major players in our community here in training. Um, so we have a very good thumbprint of what the talent actually looks like and how we're developing that talent. And that makes it easy for businesses to say, look, um, we don't need to reinvent a registered apprenticeship program from scratch. We can leverage the tools and resources that Greater Cleveland Partnership has and its network and and its framework that it's building. Um, So hopefully that answers your question. No, that was a great answer. the other thing, you know, either from your normal programs you do for training and apprenticeship type approaches we were just talking about, when you talk to businesses, 
what level of expectation of the talent that kind of goes through your guys' process or what you guys assist with do they should they expect to see? Um, we focus, like I said, on foundational right. and entry level skills, and I can run that down for you. I've, I've actually, you know, written some down. Um, so I look at things like CompTIA plus, okay. CompTIA Security plus, CompTIA Network plus, or Cisco CCNA. They're your sort of starting points for getting into a networking or cybersecurity right. career. Um, typically, though, when you talk to cybersecurity companies that are doing more advanced level work. They say, well, the candidates must have a basic understanding of penetration testing, uh, hacking, you know, some of mm -hmm. the concepts around that. Um, they may not need to know everything about it, but they need to at least understand what it is and how it works and what you do to mitigate risk. Right. right. So um, when we look at a, a sort of a full stack course criteria, and this is something that we're still working on with our partners to establish, you know, how to deliver upon this at a at a at a cost effective way that's accessible to everyone in the community. Um, we look at not just the CompTIA courses, then we look at CCNA. We look at the Linux Plus certification because you need to have some awareness of Linux platforms and, and operating environments there. Right. Um, we look at um, some basic coding skills and Python um, with a focus in cybersecurity for scripting. Because right. scripting is, is where it counts for cybersecurity. Right. Um, and then going to more advanced levels, you're looking at things like either CompTIA Pentest Plus or you're looking at EJPT, um, some of these certifications. Um, if you're getting into that hacking space, you know, trying to understand the mindset of hackers. Um, and ultimately, at the end of that training pathway, and, and if you're at a point where you think you're confident enough, the OSCP which is the, um, you know, um, offensive security certified professional certification. Right. That's the industry's kind of standard or the top level. It's a grilling benchmark. cert. I know that. <laughs> it's, it's a grilling cert. Yeah. Um, but that's, that's really the last level. So if, if you're looking at it more programmatically, you're starting with a CompTIA plus and you're ending with the OSCP. And that could be a two to three year journey right. for any candidate at the expense of maybe about ten to $15,000 if you look at all the training, all the certifications. But the reality is that what I try and encourage, especially students and younger people to do, is say, look, don't just dive into, I've got to do all these courses before I get a job in cybersecurity. As you're studying for your CompTIA area, plus demonstrate your skill set and get into an entry-level help desk role. And IT support. Help desk is always a great place help to start. Help desk, yeah. IT support, and then work with your company, showing them that you've got the intent to upskill yourself. And then there are ways that we can help your business and you. Mm. Um, like for companies, we can say, okay, well, let's say you're getting someone with CompTIA Plus and CompTIA Networking Plus. They're coming in with a base set of skills. They're coming in as an IT help desk person. But in the next six months, you want to get them to the next level, whatever that looks like in your company. If we provide a tech cred for you to train them in CCNA, which Ohio does, State of Ohio provides tech cred to companies as a reimbursement for training. Mm -hmm. um, if we can help you with that, could you get that candidate to the next level? And can we wrap around that candidate and support them in the right way to get them to that? So really... Pathways can be compressed. It doesn't need to be a three, four years onslaught. Right. For anyone who's done that, 
respect, you know, <laughs> and for a lot of respect. But with that said, um, we're, what we're trying to achieve is let's look at skills-based hiring, skills-based learning, work-based learning. Let's optimize the timeline of getting skilled candidates trained and look at the programs and the cost centers that are related to that. So when we look at CompTIA, so here's what's really interesting, and this is probably something a lot of people don't know. From level one, CompTIA Plus, all the way through to CompTIA Pentest Plus, the cost is between six to $8,000 to complete all of those certifications. Yeah. Now, compare that to a college degree for four years. <laughs> it's very different. <laughs> it's very different. You're saving a lot of money. Yeah. And if you're doing it, if you're pacing yourself and doing it alongside, you can even study these things part-time. Right. But if you're doing it alongside having a job and you've got some wraparound, you've got some tech cred, you've got some other things that are helping you with your learning, yeah. you can advance very quickly to that level of being a mid to senior level penetration tester working at a SOC or a NOC. Um, and you're really able to apply those skills in your everyday work. So for students, the message really is, look, as you're starting out, look for that entry-level job, work with your employer, show the intent to progress, and then there's resources, you know, there's resources like ours that are here to help your employer yeah. and you succeed. Um, and that's the message, you know, that for me, that's the core message of training and building a pipeline of talent for the workforce demands that exist with our employers in cybersecurity. So I really like how you spelled out your program and kind of how you can compare contrasted, you know, different pathways you can take. And your pathway is obviously one that's driven towards, we want to make you successful as quickly as possible mm. and provide value to yourself and to whoever you work for. Right. Mm. Um, how do you, um, advertise or uh, basically draw in the talent that, you know, let, let them know this even exists, right? Because I feel like a lot of kids or a lot of people out of high school, um, even cybersecurity, they're not even aware of what's the possibility, right? Yeah. So like even educating on that level, how do you how do you guys handle that? So we have a fully functional staff at GCP and the talent team of about 17 to 18 members, um, each of which have their own role. So we've got five or six in the apprenticeship hub, they focus on apprenticeships and uh, registered apprenticeships. We've got internships. We've got some directors that focus on that. And we've also got K through 12 and a, and a team of people who work in that area, okay. as well as the sector partnerships, which is where I'm at. So let me, I broke that down to you for a reason, because each different division in the talent department plays a certain role. Okay. Um, but when you look at, for example, the IT sector partnerships, our goal is, first of all, building out that framework to get all of the community partners. So when we talk about community partners, we're talking about Tri-C, we're talking about CASE, we're talking about um, Urban City Codes, We Can Code It, Tech Elevator, uh, YOU, all of the local organizations that have anything to do with training and supporting workforce development we bring them together as okay. part of our system. And then what we do in the Bridges to IT model, which I mentioned before, is we've got a, a kind of a step-by-step -step pathway that students can follow from exploration. So if they come in, let's say K through 12, if they're high school students, 
we've got Korea Expo Days, which we host. Um, okay. Uh, sometimes they do it in partnership with Magnet. We've got one coming up on the 21st of November, for example, where we get five or six schools across the region to participate. There's about two to 300 students that come and attend these events. And what they do is they get exposure to IT. So they see robotics, they see cyber, they see um, drones, they see all sorts of fun stuff, VR and all that good stuff, right? And so as the students get exposed, If they start showing more of an interest in these kind of events, one of the cool things we can do is we can build upon that and we can do like separate sort of breakout sessions for the students that are definitely interested. And we can say, okay, look, um, here are some of our training partners. We've brought in someone from Urban City Codes today to talk about their training programs and and how you can get into CompTIA A plus or yeah. something like that. So the the framework and and the strategy was the core part of this in terms of GCP's role. It's bringing together the right organizations to be able to deliver upon these programs and then creating the marketing impact to get it out there. So your question was related to how do we announce or, or tell the world about yeah. what we're doing. And we have these events. Um, we've got one coming up on November the, I believe it's November the 15th. Um, could be the 14th, actually. Um, it's called Signing Day. Okay. So sign, what Signing Day is, is we're taking all of the successful apprentices uh-huh. that have come through our programs in the past year or so. Right. And their employers who we've helped place them with. So we've actually been part of that yeah. process. And we're basically doing like a, a capping ceremony or, or somewhat oh, cool. of or more of a, actually, I, I wouldn't relate it like a capping ceremony. It's more like an NBA draft. It, it, it's set up more like an NBA draft. Um, so so we, we, we really spotlight the, the candidates who That's are coming really cool. through. And, and, and it is powerful because we've had the media involved, WKYC, we've had TV networks and and Cranes Cleveland and others mm-hmm. report on signing day. And the, we had one back in February of this year. We're having another one in November. And we get to celebrate the employers and the candidates right. who are part of this. And the thing is, they're all entry-level candidates. So they're on a pathway now. They've yeah. done their registered credentials. They're successful apprentices. They've been given job placement. We've helped them with that process. And now they're with employers like KeyBank and Westfield and Medical Mutual that actually care about the development of that person. Um, Another um, element to that also, which is really important, is we offer companies the ability to source talent without being too committal of a do I have to hire someone full time okay. and do the benefits and all that? So you can kind of try them out, isn't We can, yeah, try yeah. before you buy a model. Right. And what we've done is we've partnered with a very successful company called Interact, which um, is is also based here, but they're also based around the Midwest. Um, and Interact has had relationships with Humana and a number of large corporations across the country in in about fifteen to twenty years where they've done talent sourcing for IT skills. Um, so there's sort of like, I guess, a little bit of a managed service provider. But what they do is they employ some of the talent as well and okay. onboard them for projects, and they provide all the wraparound benefits. So we're not leaving our candidates hanging. It's like you complete your certification, now what? 
Yeah. We're not doing that. We're That's actually great. building them into here is, you know, if you don't get a job placement right away or a direct hire, there's the ability to work for Interact on projects and get some work experience and may provide wraparound benefits around that, like healthcare and things like that. So it's a great opportunity. It's a great opportunity, yeah. a great partnership. But it also for companies, the ROI is it reduces the cost of acquisition for talent. Um, if I want to source talent for an interim project for six months, I can get that talent right here right. in Cleveland working with GCP and Interact rather than having to go offshore or outsource or do any of these. You're able to give experience to those people that are looking for those more permanent positions at the same time. Exactly. So that's really Exactly. Yeah. So we've, we've had some success in that area as well. That's really cool. Um, so with, with your program, I know a lot of times when there's a lot of programs that and get people certified to get people trained up. There's some financial incentives by going through that versus doing it themselves. Do you guys offer anything like that? Is there a cost reduction if they were to go through your entire program? Of there, there is a cost reduction. Um, to the best of our ability, we have certain grants in place from uh, organizations like Columbus State, for example, or one of our partners, where we can provide some wraparound funding for candidates specifically that have successfully completed their courses and are getting into job placement. So the way I like to describe it is consider it to be like a bonus for starting a job rather than getting a bonus at the end of the year. Okay. Um, where when we look at some of the um, social determinants of employment, childcare, transportation, right. sometimes even business attire, things like that, can be challenges for people that are coming from communities where they haven't necessarily had these opportunities, right. right? So when they successfully complete the course, they get the credential, they've gone into a job placement, we want to make sure these candidates are ready to go. We want to make sure that they're ready for their work, mm -hmm. they have nothing sort of that they have to worry about, and that they can focus on the job at hand with their employers. And so what we do is we provide some wraparound funding to say, okay, if you have childcare needs, you know, if you're a, um, a female, for example, you've got a child, maybe you're a single parent, you need a full-time job, you've right. studied, you know, you're getting into cybersecurity, you've been offered a full-time job, um, here is some money that will go towards helping you with childcare so that you're on your way. Um, we do it for um, a certain number of candidates right now. We're trying to expand upon that and scale that funding a little more so that we can do it. Our goal was actually to try and get in the next few years 100 candidates sponsored through the wraparound funding services that we provide. Um, on the other side of the equation, there are facilities such as IMAP, which is a funding um, resource for people that basically are really starting with nothing at all, right. but they want some kind of IT training. Um, we work with various institutions that can facilitate IMAP funding where the candidate themselves doesn't have to pay anything to get into their first credential. Okay. Um, it's a great program. Yeah, it's a great start. Um, and for companies, TechCred um, and Lieutenant Governor Houston's office has been very active in promoting TechCred, and we are a partner of that scheme. And um, I've actually worked with TechCred even in my time with uh, Team Neo and Jobs Ohio, so I'm very familiar with that program. And that provides companies quite a bit of money, up to $2,000 per, per, per person to upskill. Okay. So the beauty of TechCred is it is a reimbursement. Um, you, as a business, would put the candidate through a particular type of training. Let's mm -hmm. say they're doing 
um, Comptia Network Plus, you know, to advance themselves in their job role. Um, you pay for that, and then TechCred reimburses you as a company once that candidate has done that course. Right. And so there are a number of different levers that we can pull. Um, I think the biggest thing for a lot of businesses is awareness. Okay. You know, it's it's a real case of saying we're out there as a chamber, we're doing this work, we're we're building a framework for our whole training system and community. And you as a business need to be able to speak with us and leverage these tools. And it's open to any business across, you know, all the county. It's all these things I didn't know about and I've been here for a while. So. Yeah. yeah. And, and and that's the biggest thing that comes out of a lot of our discovery meetings, which is we actually didn't know you guys did all this stuff. Right. So one of the reasons I'm on the podcast today is to really sort of highlight that we do all this stuff. You can turn to me at GCP and my team. And we're happy to help. We're happy to figure it out. Um, and it's it's not just for employers. It's also the same for anyone looking at a cybersecurity career. If you're a young person or if you're already someone in a career, but you're looking at making a career change, there's right. a lot of people doing that as well. Um, we're more than happy to help. We're more than happy to guide you. Um, come and talk to us. You know, that's what we're saying. That's the message. Well, that's great. I know we're kind of coming up on time. I want to make sure if there's anything else that you want to the plug that we haven't talked about or you want to highlight, um, you know, you have the floor. Um, well, I, I mean, I'll try and keep this brief, but <laughs> we, we really got together on this podcast today because you were exposed to some of my articles on right. cybersecurity, trust center technology, and that comes from my domain knowledge of 17 years working in IT in the field. Um, I'm I'm just passionate about tech in general, so I'm passionate about emerging technology and right. all, all that's in between that. Um, but cybersecurity really came up on my radar as there there are technologies that you have and there are technologies that you need. Yeah, I agree with that. Right? Yeah. So technologies that you have for fun, right. cell phones, PlayStations, VR headsets, whatever it may be, um, there's some great development going and training in, in other areas um, using those different emerging technologies right. that are out there. But they are nice to have, but we don't need kind of technologies right, right now for a lot of businesses especially. Yeah, absolutely. Cybersecurity isn't that. Cybersecurity is a need. It's, it's as essential to companies and their growth and their success today mm-hmm. um, as food and water is to human beings. Right. Um, because what you're doing is you're protecting against risk and you're protecting against threat and you're protecting against geopolitical climates that yeah, we are not in That's control a big piece, of. right. That's a huge piece. Um, we don't have time to deep dive into that today, <laughs> um, but it's an area of concern when our intellectual property and the depth of our knowledge can be poached as simply as a hacker getting into the wrong network and, and taking what they want. And it's costing the country billions of dollars. It's costing our businesses billions of dollars to pay out for cybersecurity threats just to get their information back from being hacked. Uh-huh. So the the need and the necessity is real. Um, we need to do a better job as a community as a state, as as a country, in fact, to double down on the investment that we make on training cybersecurity professionals. 
And that's why GCP is part of this in Northeast Ohio. Mm -hmm. That's why our training partners are involved. We focus on cybersecurity. We had 15 cybersecurity graduates come out of our training Very in cool. the last six months. We're looking at, again, expanding that even more. Um, but 700,000 professionals in this area is a big gap to fill nationally. Right. I would love to see Cleveland or at least Ohio as a state be champions in that effort. Yeah, that'd and be really cool. And that would be really cool. So, you know, I, I leave I leave businesses in the audience today with that message of um, let's start focusing on these things and working together towards these goals because it's about national security, it's about safety, it's about economy, it's about all the things that matter to our communities. Um, and in terms of technology, just sort of where I kind of get my knowledge from, I've been very fortunate to work with companies, Autos, um, ASMGI, I squared. There's a number of companies that have been clients of mine over the years uh, in different ways, different types of engagements. And that's where I've learned what some of the important things are to the companies in our field or in our space. So I'll leave you with that. I, I, I really appreciate your time, Neil. This has been a great conversation. I always love talking about talent because I'm one of those people too that always find interesting ways to get people trained up to achieve what we're trying to achieve in cybersecurity as well. Um, so for our listeners out there, I hope you had something to take away. Um, definitely look up Neil uh, on LinkedIn or any other kind of, I don't know if there's any other media platforms you're on. Yeah, I'm, I've got blogs on Medium. If you just type Medium Neil Singh, you find my blogs. It's the first one that pops up on okay. Google. Um, I've got my LinkedIn account. Obviously, I've got my connections at GCP, so you can look on the Greater Cleveland Partnership website, okay. um, navigate to Talent Team, and you should be able to find us quite easily. Um, I, I also do have a personal website. Happy to share that with you if you're publishing the blog in some way. Okay. I, I can I can share that with you. It's under it's under redevelopment right now, okay. so I'm going to spend some time redoing that. But but yeah, that sort of um, allows people to access me for things like podcasts, speaking events, um, anything like that. Okay. So I do like to participate in things like this. Perfect. So I hope you guys are taking notes, um, and we'll try to put some information as well alongside this podcast in the notes. But for those listening, uh, appreciate your time. Happy hunting. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to the Out of the Woods podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you heard this podcast so you never miss an episode. For more information or to connect with Cyborg Security, check us out online at www.cyborgsecurity.com and follow us on social media. We'll see you next time.